Hello, this is Just in Japan on a bike. So, six weeks since I picked up my new bike, and two weeks ago, it's actually exactly six weeks since I picked up the bike,、um, and exactly two weeks ago, I went and dropped the bike. I had a, a little tiny accident, and if you are following my YouTube channel, You can see the video、uh, of where I, the latest video where I do show you some damage on the bike. However, I don't have so much damage on the bike now because I have had it repaired. Last Thursday, it was due for its one month, although it was technically five weeks, it's near enough, isn't it? It was due for its one month free checkup as a new vehicle. So after Taking delivery of the vehicle after about a month and or 1000 kilometers, we、uh, are supposed to take our bike back to the dealer for a checkup. Just to remind you, in case you are not aware or you haven't been listening to the podca- this podcast or haven't seen my videos, there are no dedicated Suzuki dealers in Japan, which is quite bizarre because the other three main manufacturers, Honda, Kawasaki, and Yamaha, all have their own dedicated dealer networks. So I have to go to a dealer called U-Media, which is a large chain of dealers that has、um, the sells every. Manufacturer, Japanese and imported,、uh, so foreign and Japanese, and they sell new and used bikes.、Uh, again, check my YouTube channel for more details. So, I took the bike last week. It was、uh, stormy, torrential rain, a bit windy. There was a typhoon headed this way. Now, luckily, the typhoon did not make landfall, but we were on the periphery of it, so the, the weather was very stormy indeed. I live on the edge of a mountain range, and、um, the best way to go into the city is to take a bypass which goes sort of just at the edge of the mountains and it's quite high up. And、um, yeah, I got、uh, totally rained on. Uh, torrential rain. However, I had prepared for the rain because the climate in Japan is absolutely awful and it rains so much. So, if you don't want to ride in the rain, if you are a fair weather rider, you won't get much riding in if you live in Japan. So, I took the bike back to the dealer. Last Thursday, it's by the way, the date today is Thursday, the 15th of October 2020. Just to uh, um, check, your, check the date. So, anyway, I took the bike to the dealer and、I、had it repaired.、Um, it was about 26,000 yen to get it repaired. I Um, what, what happened? So, two weeks ago, I made a video which is also on YouTube.、Um, I was doing a, a review, a four week review of the bike. And I very stupidly, it's totally my mistake, I very stupidly stopped the bike on a steep hill. Steepish, I mean, not the steepest of hills, but steep enough. So, I had the bike 
are on its side stand. The bike does not have a center stand, and uh, it was on its side stand facing up the hill. And I did the video, then I got when it was time to go, uh, finished the video, got back on the bike, and I needed to go back to go home. I needed to change to the opposite direction, the over the opposite side of the road. It was a country lane, not not a very busy country lane. And in order to turn around to face the other way, I did something which was rather stupid and I strongly advise you never to do. And what that was, I sat on the bike and I let it roll backwards with me sitting on it, controlling the speed, using the brake. And as I let it roll backwards, I also needed to change directions. So I not only rolled backwards, but I let it roll backwards and around to the left because I needed to turn right to get back on the main road, on, on the country road, sorry, and go home. And that was my big mistake because as I was rolling backwards, of course, I'm rolling down a hill to the side to and turning at the same time. This is inevitably going to cause you problems. So I rolled backwards down to the left and then I needed to get going. I, I think I'd started, you know, it's difficult to remember now. I think the engine, I think I had started the engine, but uh, definitely the engine was running when I fell off. So I started to then go forward to turn right onto the road and at during this manoeuvre, I lost my balance and fell to onto the right side, which is down the hill. So falling to the right would have been falling downhill direction. Of course, I didn't like fall into the road. I was still at the side of the road in this lay-by. And I fell off the... As the bike fell, I rolled over on my back and rolled over clear of the bike. I think that's also for me, it's a bit of a natural reaction, an instinctive reaction for me. And I would say for anybody who's who's a rider, a biker, a rider, and especially if you do martial arts such as judo, I used to do judo when I was uh, young, um, it's kind of like a natural reaction that when you fall, you roll over to limit the amount of damage to your body to, to limit the, the chance of injury. So in judo they call it a break fall. So when I was, uh, when I fell off I sort of rolled over and um, it was a fucking horrible feeling because when the bike hit the deck you hear, you hear the crunch and the damage and I'd rolled over and I was lying on my back just looking up at the sky just for a few seconds thinking, oh no, what have I done? My brand new bike, I, I'm, I just don't know what the hell has happened. So then, after a few seconds, I got up and um, the bike engine stopped when it fell over. And of course, the next thing to do was to pick the bike up. And 
a couple of people, there was a car that slowed down to have a look to see if I was alright. Then a guy on a bike or a scooter, he stopped to ask if I was okay, told him I was okay. Then another guy actually pulled over and was very concerned. And um, so that's very nice of people, you know, to check we're okay. Um, I will say none of them offered to help pick my bike up, by the way. (laughs) So (laughs) I was on my own when it came to picking the bike up. The bike weight, I don't know what it is, what, 200 kilos? I don't know what it is, something like that. So, um, I think it's about 200 kilos. And um, not only, of course, so as I said to you, not only 200 kilos, but the weight of the bike is down the hill. So, I'm not only picking up the bike, but I'm having to push the weight of the bike up the hill, if you know what I mean. I know it's pivoted on the wheels, but you're still pushing it not just upright, but also up the hill, so it is that little bit harder. And um, I sprained my wrist a bit when I did it, and um, not seriously, I had a bit of a sore wrist for about a week, um, and I felt the I felt the muscles in my arms um, certainly uh, slightly sore from lifting the bike for a few days. Luckily I did it, uh, I just did it, I, I put it on its side stand and um, as I said it doesn't have a centre stand, so it's the only stand there is and I tried to pick up the bits that had broken off and I picked. I didn't find everything and I was in a little bit of a sort of, I was a little bit disorientated, um, not from any sort of um, concussion or anything like that but... Um, just really, I suppose, partly shocked as to what had happened and, and in disbelief. So I realised, you know, I thought, well, I'm okay. And this guy had pulled over. He said, are you okay? Is your body okay? I said, thanks, I'm okay, fine, thanks a lot. You know, I was um, very um, courteous to him because of his uh, his good Samaritan uh role in this but uh, although um, all he was doing was just checking I was okay I suppose but I'm sure if I hadn't been okay I'm sure he would have uh, done more to help me Um, although as I said nobody actually stopped to help me pick the bike up so (laughs) anyway so I picked up the few bits that I found that were broken off the the front brake lever had the end of the front brake lever had snapped off the um, foot peg and my of course it fell on its right side so the right foot peg um, had snapped about thirty percent had snapped off and the indicator uh, housing had had shattered pretty cheap plastic to be honest that part um, luckily the bulb was still intact and the bulb was still connected to the electrics and I was still able to use the indicator. That's the front right indicator. The back one was fine. The fairing was scratched. It's still scratched because I decided not to go down the route of replacing the fairing. It wasn't dented. The scratches are not too bad. You may not even notice them unless you're looking very carefully. But the bike is black. So, the scratches are white, 
So, I mean, if you had a white bike, I don't think you'd notice the scratches at all. Um, and the end of the silencer, the exhaust silencer, they that, that's got scratches on as well. Um, not serious, but not dented, nothing's damaged. Uh, so I got picked up all the little bits and put them in my pocket and I made the decision very quickly to go straight to the dealer where I bought the bike and try to see if I could get it fixed ASAP. So that's what I did. And while I was riding, I was cursing myself so much. I was so angry with myself. In fact, for a few days after, I was just, you know, like Tourette's syndrome. I was just really angry with myself for making such a stupid mistake. Um, so I got to the dealer. Uh, I think when I got to the dealer, it was about six. They closed at half seven, but they were actually in the process of shutting up shop for some reason. They think prepare extra early for shutting up shop. And uh, the guy, he seemed to spend ages. The guy who sold me, it's the same guy who sold me the bike, actually. Um, he he went through the, he went he was on the website or the, the order, the parts ordering website or whatever that they use. And he found the parts. And um, I said to him, how soon can you do it? And in the end, I decided because my bike was booked in for exactly a week later for its one month free checkup, I decided to wait for the. Uh, it's interesting, as I said to you, because there are no Suzuki dealers, they don't have any parts in stock. Um, I suppose they have like service parts, like maybe oil and filter. I I'm assuming they've got filters in stock, I, I, I don't know. But they don't have any parts at all on the shelf. So if you do need Suzuki parts, I don't know about other bikes because I've never needed to buy. Well, I have, sorry. You can go and buy parts for bikes in some shops. And I have done that. I'm talking about serviceable parts like filters and spark plugs that, you know, are generally um, available for a variety of bikes. But specific parts to specific bikes such as the the parts that had broken that I needed for my bike were not uh readily available there's no way you there was nowhere I could go and just buy them and and fit them myself um so I had to go to the dealer and they had to order the parts and unfortunately because I don't have uh, many tools here. I used to have, back in England, I've got a stack of tools. I used to, anyway, I don't know what's happened to them. I didn't bring them with me to Japan because they're very, very, my tool chest was very, very heavy and I wasn't sure about what I was going to be doing. So I left it in England. But uh, anyway, um, it cost me 26,000 yen and um, rather interestingly, I was told I had to pay for the parts up front. I, f I find that odd. Um, I don't know really. I don't. I don't see why I needed to do that. I didn't mind. I paid for it, but I find it an odd thing to to ask me to pay for the parts up front. And then on the day of the uh, the fitting, then I, I paid for the labour cost. And the. Uh, the mechanic who did it, he said to me that um, 
I think interestingly, he said, are you okay? How's your body and that? Have you got any injury? You know, it's interesting. I told him what had happened and how it had happened. And uh, they're quite friendly there, to be honest. Um, they're not... Uh, in Japan, you know, you go some, some places are very formal and they always maintain that air of formality. But this bike dealer, they're very friendly. So that's... that's uh, having said that, I mentioned to the dealer that the issue that is in a video you can see on YouTube that I noticed like just about a week after I bought it there was condensation in the left side of the headlamp lens and the it's got like these little side running light things as well um, it's difficult to describe you'd have to have a look at the, a picture of the bike but uh, you know it's a new bike and there was condensation. I forget when it was a week or two weeks after I bought it. Because uh, maybe you remember I got caught in rain. And I guess the rain had got into the headlamp lens. And I said to the dealer, look, you know, it's got condensation in it. And it's a fault. And it needs to be replaced. And I'd like to replace it on the, on the warranty. And they're like... Umming and ahhing and just resist him and uh, in, you know in the nicest possible way and then the mechanic said well unless it affects the electrics uh, the electrical operation of the bike we, we, we don't want to claim on the manufacturer's warranty so I feel that's a bit uh, that's not right to me there's something wrong there I need to uh, think very carefully about that so, well, one thing's for sure, I should have said to them, it is affecting the electrics, but, you know, I wasn't really uh, ready for that. So, and on the day I took it to the dealer last Thursday, it was torrential rain, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, and uh, horrendous weather. But I had bought the, the I'd been to the home centre, like a DIY kind of store, and homewares and DIY store, and I'd bought this very, very cheap 3,000 yen uh, rain suit that claims to be hard rain suit, 100% waterproof, regardless of the level of the rain. Because a lot of so-called waterproof clothing, whether it's clothing, boots, gloves, whatever, a lot of it is not truly waterproof. It does let the water in, especially on the seams. So, I bought. I, I was going to buy like uh, a proper biker one, but um, I just couldn't find anything. And uh, in the shops that I'd been to, so I went. I, I could find things, but I couldn't find anything that was satisfactory, and especially that guaranteed that it was 100% waterproof or maybe there were other issues like size issues and things like that. There was all kinds of issues. I never found what I really wanted. Stuff on the internet, I'm sort of reluctant to buy stuff on the internet, that you, especially clothing, that I can't tell whether it fits or, or properly or you can't really get a good idea about the quality of the item. So... I remembered that home centres sell outdoor wear and they sell work worker wear, you know, like workman wear, like for example, construction workers and stuff like that. They work, they they sell stuff for people to wear work outside and stuff like that. So, 
I went into the home centre and I found this 3,000 yen rain suit, jacket and uh, trousers. So, tested it out last Thursday, first time to try it. And uh, I wore, I deliberately bought a very large rain suit with the intention, because of course you want the trousers to fit over the top of your regular trousers that you're going to wear. And the jacket, I decided... I wanted the jacket in order to save money because I'm not, but it wasn't a dedicated, it's nothing to do with biking this way. It's not a biker's suit. It's not for use on a motorcycle. So I thought, what I'll do is I'll get one that's big enough to fit over the top of my summer biker jacket, which has a waterproof lining, but it's not very, very waterproof, as I found out a couple of years ago. But... Uh, what I thought was, I'll just be able to put it over the top of my regular jacket because my regular summer jacket has the, you know, the body armor, the 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 elbow pads, the shoulder pads. It's also got a back pad, a back pad, which which I never use because I always find it makes my back sweaty, and I don't like the feeling of it either. So I, I pulled that out. I think I've even thrown it away now. But uh, basically, I was able to use it for the first time. Uh, I found my my old winter gloves that I brought over from England. And uh, I also discovered that they aren't waterproof. Well, I've thrown them away now because they just soaked up the water like a sponge. And when I hung them up to dry, they took for after several days, they were still soaking wet. And uh, they split, they just broke, so I threw them away and I've ordered some new ones from Amazon. I've got some new ones from Amazon that the reviewers say are definitely 100% waterproof. So that's brilliant. And I wore those for the first time today. Not because it's cold, but um, it's not cold, but just uh, my other gloves are just are fingerless summer gloves, which are also from a DIY store from a home centre. And uh, it's it's either those or the winter gloves. I don't have any like happy medium. I don't have any like dedicated regular summer autumn biker gloves. So there we are. So and the boots. Uh, if you look on the YouTube channel, you'll see the boots. I bought these boots, which which were from a bike shop, from a bike accessory and parts store and, and clothing store. And the boots are glorified Wellington boots. They are uh, fantastic rubber rain boots. Um, and if I do say so, a little bit, a little bit stylish. Not, not that, uh, not that I'm vain. I don't really care too much about the looks. It's the practicality that that I'm mostly concerned with. But they don't look too bad, and they were very reasonable compared to biker boots. The price was very good. Um, they were. Reduced by about 10%, so I got them for about 9,000 yen. So, all in all, I was out in the torrential rain. Uh, however, um, one problem was the trousers did leak a bit. The trousers wouldn't turned out not to be 100% waterproof. Very disappointing. So, I probably will not be using those trousers either 
I won't use them again or I won't use them in heavy rain because when I bought the boots from the bike shop, I bought some heavy duty waterproof and I suspect winter style trousers, they look very warm. So I haven't used those yet, I didn't try them um, and I suspect and I've, I certainly hope that they will do the job nicely. But the jacket did not leak, the jacket lived up to its promises of being 100% waterproof. So that's brilliant. And um, also if I'm wearing the summer jacket underneath with the showerproof lining, then I shouldn't have anything to worry about. So there we are. Um, dropped the bike, got it fixed, was gutted for a while, was out on it today. The bike doesn't appear to have suffered any problems at all from that it's really dirty now because I you know I was out in the the storm last week and it got all wet and when I got back um, I just haven't had a chance to clean it off so I've just totally forgot about it and then today when I went out I realized it had been a week and I hadn't cleaned it so I really need to get my act together and clean the bike and uh, oh one little thing when the bike was in for that check last week the mechanic said that the uh, tyres had lost a little bit of pressure and he said, you know, make sure you keep the tyres down. I thought, that's pretty soon, really. Um, I wouldn't expect the tyres to lose any significant pressure in five weeks. It's bit, and it's not just the time. It's the five weeks and when I took it for its service, what was it? It was uh, 600 kilometres or something. So it seems odd that the tyres would lose pressure after five weeks and uh, 600 kilometers but maybe i'm just being um, naive maybe that's or, or ignorant even maybe that's what it's uh, maybe that's normal i don't know it wasn't something i was expecting that's for sure anyway this has been just in japan on a bike talk to you again soon